0: You're listening to the Fortress Church audio podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Today we're going to talk about temptation. It's part four of our series "The Devil's Tactics. And one of the I think you would probably agree with me. One of the major tactics of the enemy is to tempt us into doing wrong, to tempt us to get involved in sin. So we read in Luke chapter 4 the story, the account of when Jesus was tempted. So let's read about this. It says in Luke chapter 4 verse 1, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, somebody say full of the Holy Spirit, "...returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written... Somebody say, It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone... And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and it will, and I will give it to whom I will. Oh, the devil's a liar, huh? Anyway, verse 7, If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. The devil's asking Jesus to worship him. Oh, my goodness. Verse 8, And Jesus answered him, It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. That's the third time he says it is written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up unless you strike against stone. Jesus answered, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test and when, he had, when the devil had ended every temptation, he parted from him until an opportune time. Now, you notice right here, Jesus used the word of God. And sometimes the devil tries to use the words of God to twist it against us. How many know what we're talking about? We need God's leading of the spirit and God's wisdom. So we see right here that Jesus was tempted, but Jesus overcame temptation. Anybody here want to be an overcomer? Amen. Today, we're going to teach what God's Word says about how we can overcome temptation. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege we have to be right here in your house. As we come together, we do so in your mighty name. Spirit of God, would you be our teacher, Lord. Enlighten our minds and our hearts so that we would know and understand all that you have for us. We give you the glory and the praise and the honor, and we pray all this in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. A minister parked his car in a no-parking zone in a busy downtown large city because he was short of time and he couldn't find an open parking space with the meter. So he put a note under the windshield wiper that said this because he knew he was parking in a no-parking zone. And the note that he wrote said, I have circled the block ten times. If I don't park here, I will miss my appointment. Forgive us our trespasses. Mm. When he returned, this minister found a citation from a police officer along with this note under the windshield wiper. "I've circled this block for ten years. If I don't give you a ticket, I'll lose my job." "Lead us not into temptation." <laughs> uh, you see, sometimes, sometimes we just gotta say, "Okay, don't tempt me." "Don't, don't, don't tempt me." <laughs> Today we're looking at Luke chapter four, where we read the story, the true story of how. Jesus was tempted. And so if anyone knows about temptation, Jesus does. And I would venture to say every single one of us does. And I'm going to say this. I want us to understand it is not a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. It is a sin to give in to temptation and fall into the trap of sin. But once again, that's one of the devil's tactics. That's one of the bait of Satan. He wants to entice you and I into a lifestyle of sin. I've said it before, and we said it this past Wednesday, uh, right, Brother Richard? You, you can allow, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest on your head, right? That's, what, that's the difference between, temptation is all around us, but we don't have to allow the birds to build a nest. We don't have to allow temptation to take root in our life. So we gotta be, we got to handle temptation in the right way. Now, as I begin, I want to talk about this myth that we need to settle the issue about because I've heard this countless times and perhaps you have too. How many of you have heard this phrase? The devil made me do it. Anybody heard that? Anybody said that? Well, if he said that or heard that, you're listening to a lie. Okay, I want to set the record straight right here from the beginning. The devil can't make you do anything. Okay? The devil can't make you do anything. Now, he can tempt you, but he can't make you do anything. So don't blame the devil. Believe me, the devil would love to take credit for your downfall. Don't give him that credit, okay? First of all, don't, don't go down, okay? But don't give the devil any, any uh, foothold or any credit for that. I'm here to tell you today, don't blame the devil. Now, once again, we make the choices in our life. And so today we're going to learn how Jesus encountered temptations. I took the word tempt, T-E-M-P-T, and I did a five-way five, uh, five way acrostic here so that we can learn about the devil's tactics. So perhaps you want to write notes from your pastor's page, and here we go, number one, or letter T. The devil tempts you, first of all, to taste sin. The devil tempts you to taste sin. You see, the devil is sly. He knows how you and I sometimes uh, are enticed by certain things. And sometimes we don't even realize that we are being enticed. That's what happened to Eve. The devil convinced her that it's okay just to take a little taste of the forbidden fruit. Just a taste. And guess what happened? Once once uh, she, uh, she took a taste, the devil got her hooked. And that is the devil's tactic. A little bit of sin here a little bit of sin there, a little taste here, a little taste there. And before you know it, the devil's got you hooked. That's what temptation does. Now read with me here in James chapter one, what the Bible says here. Blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Anybody looking forward to the crown of life? Amen. This This past week, uh, Yolanda Medina's mom received a crown of life. She went to be in the presence of the Lord. And praise God for godly women like that. He will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. Remember, temptation doesn't come from God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it, conceives, when, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Are you noticing the process that the Bible describes? Temptation, sin, and it leads to death. Got to be careful about that because all the enemy wants to do is, first of all, just have you take a taste, a little taste of what sin is like. And then, now the devil knows where it leads. It leads to death. Here's a quote in your sermon uh, notes. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you far more than you want to pay. I'm going to say that again. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you far more than you want to pay. Be careful because it all begins with a taste. The letter E in the word tempt. The devil tempts you to embrace his lies. The devil wants you to embrace his lies. Jesus describes Satan, the devil himself, as the father of lies. And we must understand that's where lies come from. John 8, 44. Now, in this particular passage, Jesus is rebuking certain men and women who were following the devil. And Jesus has a way of rebuking those who... come against him Jesus, jesus he just told it like it is he just laid it on the line and this is what he says he says you are the father of the devil and your will is to do your father's desires he speaking about satan the devil was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him when he lies he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies So if you ever hear a lie, you know that that comes from Satan himself. And Satan, you know what he wants you and I to do? He wants you and I to embrace his lies. A young boy was walking in a wooded area, and he came across a snake. And the snake spoke to the boy, and the snake said this, Can you help me? I'm cold and lost, and I need to get across the river. "'Can you carry me across the river? "'Because if not, I will surely die.'" The boy, knowing that this was a deadly snake, said, "'I know your kind. "'If I reach down to pick you up, you're gonna bite me, "'and it could lead to my death.'" The snake said, "'Oh, no, I'm not gonna bite you. "'If you carry me across the river, you will be my friend. "'You can trust me.'" So the boy picked up the snake, carried the snake across the river, And as he was preparing to put the snake down, the snake curled up and bit the boy in his neck. The boy screamed and said, you said that you wouldn't bite me. I don't understand. Now I might even die. The snake hissed and said, you knew who you were dealing with before you even picked me up. Satan is a liar. (laughs) Satan is a liar. And I'll tell you this, his tactic is to convince you to believe his lies. Got to be careful about that. King David fell into temptation. He saw Bathsheba bathing from a distance. He believed the lies of the devil. He embraced those lies. Oh, that, you know, this is for you. Yes, he was tempted. Yes, he gave in to sin. And yes, there were consequences. But here's the good news. David repented of his sin and turned his life around. And I tell you that because if any of you have ever given into temptation, here's the good news. Today is your day to repent and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to go there anymore because Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And today is a new day and I will walk in the newness of walking with Jesus Christ every day. I'm not going to give in to the devil any longer. I will not. Embrace his lies. Today's a new day. You can do that. David did that, and so can you. You see, there's so many temptations that you deal with. In David's case, it was sexual sins. Others of us face financial uh, sins. We're, we're tempted to finag- finagle money here and there. We're tempted to, to say things. We're tempted to do things. And temptation comes in so many ways and so many shapes and sizes What we need to do today is identify the temptations that the devil sends our way. T-E-M, the letter M in the word tempt, the devil wants you or tempts you to mistrust the will of God. The devil wants you to mistrust the will of God. You are on a path to pursue the presence of God, right? You are on a path to go forward in the Lord. Now, you know what the devil wants to do? He wants to take you off track. And shift you to a different direction. He doesn't want you to be on the track of God's will. Read with me in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23. Scripture says this, And the Lord's servant, this is Paul's advice to Timothy and to you and I, The Lord's servants must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth that they and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. We've got to understand the snare of the devil. The devil would love to embrace you and take you into his snare. What does that mean? Another word for snare is a trap. The devil is trying to trap you. Can we recognize that? And one of the ways he wants to do that is for you to mistrust the will of God. Because you know what God's plan is for your life. You know what God says for your life. And you know what the devil wants to do? He wants you to say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to follow God. Instead, I'm going to go this direction. He wants you to not trust the will of God. He wants you to be in his snare and is trapped. Resisting temptation comes down to a choice. Your will or God's. It's pretty much that simple. You have a choice. You don't have to give in to the temptations that the devil puts against you. Now, one of the main ways that the devil does this right here to make you mistrust the will of God is doubt. If you ever start doubting God's will then that is, recognize that as the devil's tactic. Let's take, for example, Abraham and Sarah. Perhaps you know the story. God came and said, Abraham, Sarah, I've got a promise for you. You will be the father of a great nation. You will give birth to a son. Now, this time, Abraham's like 75 years old. Sarah's 65, okay? Now, could it be true? They loved God. They had faith in God. Now they had to wait on God, but that's the problem. They loved God, they had faith in God, but they had trouble with that third thing, waiting on God thing. So the years start going by and they start wondering, okay, we're getting older, we're getting older. God gave us a promise, but we don't see it happening. So guess what happens? They begin doubting the will of God. It doesn't mean that they doubted God, but they were doubting the will of God. And little did they know they were falling into the devil's trap. They were falling into the devil's tactics because the devil loves to put doubt in your mind about God's will. If he can't get you to doubt God, he'll begin trying to get you to doubt God's will. So, so Sarah, because she received the, 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 this concept that, oh, you know what, I'm going to doubt God. She says, Abraham, why don't you go out and sleep with our maidservant, Hagar, and that way you can have a son and fulfill this promise wrong but anyway that's what they did you know the story abraham got ahead of god they both did got ahead of god because why did they did they hate god no they loved god but they doubted god's will are you noticing what happened here and because they doubted the will of god they went down a different path the path that they were going on this is god's will this is what god has for you they started going down a different path that's what the devil wants to do to you Now, the good news is Abraham and Sarah got their life together. There were some consequences involved in all that when Ishmael was born. I won't get into that. But here, the bottom line is this the devil convinced them to doubt the will of God. And the devil will convince you as well. You're here today, I would venture to say you love Jesus. You're saved. You're going to heaven. You love the Lord. You're never going to walk out on God. But sometimes (laughs) the devil is going to convince you to doubt God's will. For your life. Are you understanding what's happening here? That's giving the the devil wants that foothold. Okay, if I can't make you doubt God, I'll make you doubt God's will for your life. He starts making you doubt, well, you know, why did this happen and why did that happen? We start wondering if God really is leading us and and guiding us. Because it's it's sometimes we, we don't always get what God is doing. Because here's the deal. Sometimes God does things in our life that it's hard for us to understand. You know what I'm talking about? God, I don't understand why you're, making, you're having me do this. God, why did you, help, you know, lead me in this direction? God knows everything. But sometimes we begin to doubt God's will. Because in our eyes, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. I want to encourage you to be careful about doubting God, doubting God's will, or doubting the things that God is doing in your life. The devil would love to put that in your mind and in your heart. The letter P in the word tempt, passively do nothing. You know what the devil wants to do? He's going to tempt you to passively do nothing. What do we mean by that? See, sometimes we think, oh, the devil's tempting me to do wrong. The devil's tempting me to do sin. But sometimes the devil can tempt us to do nothing. And sometimes that is the sin. In fact, that's what the word of God says here in James 4, 17. For whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So understand this. Sometimes the devil tempts you to do what is wrong. Sometimes the devil tempts you to not do what is right. Are you understanding that? That's what the Bible's saying here. Sometimes the devil tempts you to not do what is right. And we must understand, I call this passively, to passively do nothing. That's what the devil sometimes tempts you to do. Just do nothing. Just do nothing. You wake up in the morning, and you know you need to spend time in the Word. You know you need to spend time in prayer. But there is this voice, and it's not of God, telling you, oh, you can skip your time with God. And so guess what happens? You passively do nothing when it comes to spending your time with God. The devil just won that's the devil's tactic to for you to do nothing when it comes to reading the word spending time in prayer that's a devil's tactic the holy spirit speaks to you about joining a connect group so that your faith can grow but there's this other voice and it's not of god says, oh, you don't have to join a connect group. You've been a Christian for many years. You don't need to grow. You're fine just as you are. You don't need to get closer to God. That's for those spiritual people. So what do you end up doing? Passively doing nothing. And you listen to that voice that says, you don't need that. Now, next week, we're going to go a little bit deeper into this, so I'm not going to dwell so much on this passively do nothing because that is a tactic that the devil often uses. The letter T in the word tempt is this. The devil tempts you and I to take the bait of offense, to take the bait of offense. Someone does something wrong to us, we get offended. In August, just a couple months ago, I ran into a newspaper, uh, an article, not a newspaper, but on the Internet, and I, I was intrigued. There and a Costco in, in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, the, the story came, there was a guy, an 80, I mean 70-year-old man, who cut in line in front of another 70-year-old man, and because and he cut in line, because you know the, they want you know, those samples there at Costco. Okay, it led to a fight between two 70 plus year old men. And I'm thinking, what in the world? You know, there's two guys who who went at it, and I'm thinking, yeah, they, they, they went at it. You know, I, I wish I had a video of that, but I didn't have a video of that. But I'm thinking, what would cause two 70-year-old men to literally duke it out in the middle of a Costco? Because one of them cut in line from the other one. And, you know, and I think about how many times do we want to duke it out with somebody who cuts us off on IH-10? Mm, somebody cuts us off and... And we try to get back at them. Right? What do we do? We, we pick, just picked up an offense. We just, uh, then that's the devil's tactic, to take the bait of Satan. Proverbs nineteen eleven says this. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it, it, is, it is his glory to overlook an offense. Good sense. Anybody want good, godly wisdom and sense? Makes one slow to anger. I mean, no, we need to be slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. In other words, don't pick up that offense. The devil would love for you to do that. Now, sometimes it's hard because we live with hard to, to deal with people. Don't raise your hand if you live with a hard to deal with person or work with one. But someone once said, to dwell with the God we love, that is glory. No, nope, let me reread that. To dwell above with the God we love, that is glory. But to dwell below with the saints we know, that's a different story. (laughs) When we are wronged, when we want to take up an offense, we generally have little comments like this. What, I don't get mad, I get even. Or they don't know who they're dealing with. Yeah, what what have you done? He's just taken up an offense. He better watch his back. How about this one? He doesn't know what's coming to him. Before we know it, that's that's the bait of Satan. That's You picked up an offense. You want to retaliate. You know what that is? That's a trap of revenge. In fact, this week's Digging Deeper Notes is exactly on that topic from the bait of Satan, and it's the trap of revenge. We are drawn to get someone back for what they did to us. My friend, don't go there. Recognize that as a tactic of the enemy. So I've taken a few minutes to describe to you five ways that the devil tempts us. Now, here's the better part, and I just want to just take a few minutes here before we close to tell you how we can overcome temptation. Anybody here want to overcome? Amen? So here it is. First of all, I want to, re- I want to turn to 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13 as we learn how we overcome these temptations. Scripture here says this, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. So what is he referring to? Temptation. You're tempted. I'm tempted. We're tempted in many different ways. God is faithful. Do I hear an amen to that? God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So do... Do we get tempted? Yes. It's just a given. But once again, here's the good news. God will provide a way out. Amen? In other words, you don't have to give in to any temptation. He's going to provide a way of escape. So I jotted down five steps to overcome temptation. Let's walk through there. Number one, rebuke the lies of the devil. Just say, Satan, you are a liar. I recognize that you are a liar, and your words have no root in my life. I, I'm i g- not going to receive anything you say. Just rebuke the devil. Amen? I mean, that's what we need to do. Resist the devil. Rebuke the devil. Flee from sin. That's the first step. Recognize the tactics of the devil. Number two, be led by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, where do I go? Holy Spirit, what do I say? Holy Spirit, where are you going to lead me and guide me? Where, What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? You need to be, I need to be led by the Holy Spirit. You see, when you go back, we just read in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan himself, it says, when Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Did you notice that? So here's here's my point. What was one of the reasons why Jesus was able to overcome the devil's temptation? Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. Did you catch that? If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you better watch out. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because that's going to that's help you receive overcoming power against the devil and his temptations. Number three, what can we do to overcome temptation? Claim the Word of God. You see, it's one thing to rebuke the lies of the enemy, but it's another thing to say, you know what? I need to claim the Word of God because the Word of God gives us principles to live by. Now, I read in Ephesians 6, 17, the Bible is referred to as the sword of the Spirit. So how did Jesus overcome temptation with his sword of the Spirit? What is that? The Word of God. Three times, we just read in Luke chapter 4, three times the devil tempted Jesus, and three times Jesus responded with Scripture from Deuteronomy 8.3 and Deuteronomy 6.13. Three times Jesus responded to the devil using Scripture. We just read a while ago where Jesus said, it is written. Somebody say, it is written. Why is that important? You need to say, this is what God's word says. Devil, you are a liar. You say this, but God's word says this other. I'm going to claim the word of God. I'm going to claim what God says, not what the devil says. When the devil tempts you to retaliate, for example, someone does you wrong and the devil's going to tempt you to retaliate and take revenge against that person and not forgive them. Well, all you're going to say is, you know what? My Bible says, and I quote the words of Jesus from Matthew 6, 14, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. So in other words, you say, you know what? I'm going to forgive you. I'm not going to pick up that offense. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the devil. I'm going to trust in the Word of God, and I can forgive you because God has forgiven me. It's as simple as that. Do you? Are you receiving? Are you embracing the lies of the enemy? Or are you claiming the word of God? It's your choice. It's your choice. Number four, what else can we do to overcome temptation? Connect with other believers. This is so important. Have any of you heard that, that phrase, an idle mind is a devil's workshop? Anybody heard that statement? It's kind of true. See what happens so many of us is we isolate ourselves. And when we isolate ourselves, what happens is is we are we we're open to the devil and what he has for us. Perhaps you've heard me say it before when a wolf is after a sheep, oftentimes the wolf will he will look for a sheep that is away from the flock. Why? Because the wolves will know, oh that's an that's that's an easy It's easy, right there. You know, if he's going against the whole flock, okay. Well, that's a bit harder to get somebody there. But here's a sheep. Here's a whole flock of sheep. There's one way over there. Oh, it's easy. I'm going to get this one. This is an easy target. Easy target. The other, and so what happens is, uh, picture that as you and I. We are sheep. We're God's sheep. But if if we're together, there's power. Amen. But if we isolate ourselves away from the other believers. We make ourselves to be a target of the enemy. We make ourselves to be a target of the enemy. And I'll go a step further. One of the reasons why sometimes sheep are separated from their flock is because they're injured. Maybe they broke a leg. Maybe something happened to them so they're separated. They can't keep up and they're, they're wounded. Guess what? They are a target of the enemy. And I'm here to tell you, sometimes we get wounded by the things that happen to our, in our lives. Something happens, somebody does us wrong, we're wounded. If we don't get over it and get up, get, get back with the rest of the flock, we are a target of the enemy. My friend, don't isolate yourself. That's why we at Fortress Church, we promote connect groups so much. Why is it important for you to be in a connect group? Because you being isolated from the groups, you're a target of the enemy. It's as simple as that. Do you realize that? But when you're in a connect group, you can say, you know what, brothers, can you pray for me? I need some help. Can you pray for me? Hey, c- can you intercede with me? I'm believing God to do this and that. Uh, and, and we get prayer support. We lift up each other. We, we grow in our faith. There's so many advantages of a connect group. So important for us to understand that. Do not isolate yourself because if you do not connect with the believers, you are an easy target of the devil. He loves for you. For you, he loves for you to be separated from the other believers. That's why I tell you guys: place to be Saturday, man up, be with other men. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be lifted up. You're going to be you're going to be lifted up. So that's why that's why we have events for women. That's why we have events for men. That's why we have connect groups all around because we don't want you to be isolated and end up to be. A target of the enemy. Number five, what can we do to overcome temptation? Call on the name of Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. And oftentimes when we call on the name of Jesus, we bring on the power of God. There's so many times when I was growing up that my mom, when she would, when she would receive you know bad news, she'd call upon the name of Jesus. When she heard good news, she'd call upon the name of Jesus. She'd call on the name when we are driving in a car and I would be a little reckless. Jesus, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, I made her say Jesus many times. But she knew who to call on in the times of trouble. Jesus, what a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Jesus, death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring with the praise of your glory for you are raised to life again jesus you have no rival you have no equal now and forever god you reign yours is a kingdom yours is a glory yours is a name above all names what a powerful name it is what a powerful name it is the name of jesus and when you're in trouble when you're being tempted by the enemy that's what you need to do Call on the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me, and let's do exactly that. Jesus, we call upon you. Would you fill this place with your presence? Would you fill each heart with your presence? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love to write declarations. I think you know me. And my declaration, based on the word that God has given us at Fortress Church, I want to read it. And then we're going to come back and do it a second time. Because if you're in agreement, I'd love for you to say this along with me. It goes like this. In the name of Jesus, I declare the devil has no authority over me, my thoughts, or my actions. I refuse to give in to the devil's temptations, believe his lies, or do what he says. I refuse to pick up any offense. When the devil reminds me of my past, I will remind him of his future. I declare that I am led by the Holy Spirit, guided by the Word of God, and covered by the blood of Jesus. Today I call upon the name of Jesus, and I receive the Lord's power and wisdom to be an overcomer. Amen, and so be it. Anybody want to read that with me? Amen. This is our declaration. Would you repeat after me? In the name of Jesus, I declare the devil has no authority over me, my thoughts, or my actions. I refuse to give in to the devil's temptations, believe his lies, or do what he says. I refuse to pick up any offense. When the devil reminds me of my past, I will remind him of his future. I declare that I am led by the Holy Spirit, guided by the Word of God, and covered by the blood of Jesus. Today, I call upon the name of Jesus, and I receive the Lord's power and wisdom to be an overcomer. Amen. So be it. Anybody believe that here? Anybody believe that? Now, it's one thing to proclaim it. Thank you for speaking it out. Now let's live it. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to us. Lord, today we recognize that the devil is indeed out to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Lord, we identify the devil's tactics. and We declare that the devil has no authority in our lives. Today, we are overcomers. We are overcoming any temptation that the devil throws our way. Sexual temptation has no place in our lives. Financial temptation to cheat people out of money and do wrong, that has no place in our lives. Other types of temptations and other relationships to hurt people, no, we're not going to go there. We're not going to do that. That's only the work of the devil. Today, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus is Lord. First and foremost, with your head bowed and eyes closed, I ask you this very important question. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Because if he is not, today is the day you need to settle the issue with Jesus right now. There's sin in your life. You need to confess it. Today's a day. We're not here to condemn you. We're here to encourage you to make that decision, to confess your sins to Jesus and to make him Lord of your life. If that is you and you need to do that, would you raise your hand? We want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? This is your opportunity to establish your future. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You may put your hands down to anyone else. Others of you, the devil's been having a heyday with you. You've been attacked from every direction. I'm here to tell you, join the club. (laughs) You know, Jesus, let me just say this. We just read about it in Luke 4 when he was tempted by the devil. Remember, you know what Jesus was doing? He was fasting. He was praying. He was seeking God. And that's when the devil attacked. There's some of you that come to God's house and say, God, I'm serving you. I'm tithing. I'm serving you. I love you, God. And the devil's attacking. I don't understand it. Well, you got to understand The devil's going to try to pull you away from what you're doing. He's trying to take you off track. You're exactly where you need to be. The devil doesn't like it. If you've been attacked lately and you feel like the devil's on your back and you're ready to rebuke him, today's your day to get the devil off your back and say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I'm being attacked by the enemy. I feel like from every direction I'm being attacked. Amen. Amen. We're going to prepare to come to these altars. There are prayer partners to my right and to my left. We would love the privilege of praying with you, praying in agreement over you, because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the power of God. We want to declare that over you. For whatever reason you need prayer, today is your day. I'm going to challenge you to step out, especially if you raised your hand for anything. We want to pray with you. Come to the prayer partners. We have some altar space here in the front. If you want to get alone with God, don't miss out on this opportunity to meet with God. I invite you to come. I invite you to come. Would you come?